This episode is brought to you by Novello Mattresses, where comfort meets innovation, giving you the perfect night's sleep you've been dreaming of. Are you tired of tossing and turning all night, struggling to find a comfortable position? Look no further than Novilla Mattresses, the ultimate sleep solution designed with your comfort in mind. Experience the luxury of a good night's sleep with Novilla's advanced mattress technology. Their mattresses are crafted using the finest materials, providing the perfect balance of support and softness. Whether you prefer a plush feel or a firmer surface, Novilla has a mattress that caters to your unique sleep preference. But what sets Novilla apart from the rest? It's their commitment to innovation and quality. Each mattress is thoughtfully engineered to provide optimal spinal alignment, reducing pressure points, and ensuring you wake up feeling refreshed and rejuvenated every morning. Say goodbye to restless nights and hello to blissful sleep with Novilla's cutting-edge cooling technology. Their mattresses are designed to regulate temperature, keeping you cool and comfortable throughout the night. No more waking up in a sweat, just pure, uninterrupted sleep. Worried about allergens and dust mites? Don't be. Novilla mattresses are hypoallergenic and resistant to common allergens, ensuring a healthier sleep environment for you and your loved ones. And here's the best part. Novilla is committed to affordability. They believe that everyone deserves a great night's sleep without breaking the bank. That's why their mattresses are competitively priced, giving you the best value for your money. But don't just take our word for it. Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have already made the switch to Novilla. Even when your mom comes to my place, just know she's getting a great night's sleep, among other things. <laughs> Experience the difference for yourself and discover what it truly means to sleep like you've never slept before. Using promo code SHWEEZY or the link in our description, you can save 10% off any purchase you make through Novilla directly. Ready to transform your sleep experience? Visit their website today and choose the Novilla mattress that suits your needs. Your journey to a better night's sleep starts now with Novilla mattresses. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. When you want it the most, there's no easy way out. When you're ready to go and your heart's left in doubt, don't give up on your faith. Love comes to those who believe it, and that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Hello, my friend. Hello, Schwoke Lords, and what is up? Welcome to yet another episode of Cancel Sweezy, better known as the Lord's Trademark Favorite Podcast. What's going on, folks? How are you all doing today? It has been, it's been a day. It's been a week. Hasn't, actually hasn't been that much. I was told. Uh, I was told that, uh, what was I, what was I told? Uh, first of all, that is way too loud in my ear, so that is annoying. So I'm going to move this mouse off here. We're going to make, we're trying to make this set look fucking good. What are my eyebrows? I'm looking at the, it's like this one. It's weird. Hopefully no one notices that. Okay, anyways though, we're, we're here making, we're here, you're here on another podcast today of Cancel Sweezy. You're either watching me or you're listening to my voice. Who texted me? No, it was just Cora Digest telling me nonsense. I, I read, <laughs> you think you don't want like the Quora question emails being sent to you, but I'm going to hear, I'm here to tell you that uh, you definitely do. You definitely want that shit uh, emailed to you <laughs> because uh, people will do the dumbest, the, the dumbest shit or whatever, and then like not tell the truth in their question or whatever. Like one... <laughs> 
the last night I, I saw someone post. Okay, this this isn't funny. I'm laughing because that's how I react to dark situations. Uh, it, was, it was the mother of of, of, a, of a child commenting on there. My the, the question was my son held his breath because I wouldn't buy him a Transformers toy. He's twelve, by the way, and he died. <laughs> you know. You know, um, you know, I, and then I had to, I had to look into this cause I was like this, I, I don't feel like you can hold your own breath and kill yourself, you know, like, isn't like, you know, cause to choke someone, you know, you can't necessarily choke. I mean, I guess you could choke yourself, but isn't there, there is something like psychologically with you because your brain's like, Hey, don't usually it's like, Hey, don't die. Unless you don't have one of those brains, unless you have one of those cool brains like I have, that's like, kill yourself. But typically a healthy brain, as I've been told. I was told. Um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, your bot, your brain usually, it's like it's one job is keep you alive. You know, and that's why it like pumps blood to your heart and shit like that. You know, uh, you, I don't, from what I know, um, you can't just stop breathing and die. Like, I think you pass out first before you die. You know, I think that's what happens. You know, that's, you know, I was like, they're like, shh, shh, shh. Like when there's someone's like, you watch like a, you know, like just media, someone getting choked out and they're like, shh, shh, shh. I'm like, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be like, okay, I'll be quiet. <laughs> you know, shut up. Um, I can't remember there was one stupid question. Someone was like, I was pulled over at a traffic stop and now my lawyers tell me to ex to plead guilty and go to jail for three years or for some bullshit. And you're like, all right, there's clearly pieces of the story you're missing. But, uh, but yeah, no, well, I don't even know what I was talking about. Um, I, back to substitute teaching, Christmas break is over. And it, it's weird how I was kind of excited to get back to school, get back to school, because if you, if this would have been any other day, it's like, oh, this is awful. And you're like, oh, I'm glad this can be in my life again, you know, crazy. But, uh, you know, as I do as a teacher, we listen to Blink-182 nonstop uh, most of the time. We usually just listen to pop-punk emo Shit, you know, Sirius XM, the emo channel, 713, shout out to them. Uh, they clear, they 100% don't listen to the show. Uh, I don't give a fuck. We, <laughs> and uh, one of the kids, you know, it, it's weird because, you know, like, the hits, you know, like, when you were a kid, you know, like, the hits, the classics, you know, like, the emo classics, so if you know, uh, Matt, Kutchall or whatever his name is. He does the Emo's Not Dead videos, you know. And uh, he had a playlist on Spotify. I couldn't, someone made it on Apple Music, but I couldn't find it. But it was probably, like, one of the best. Like, he's just, like, what is every band kind of known for? Like, what songs are they known for? What are, like, the definitive emo bops, you know, at that? But I had a kid, they said, California. Well, I mean, was Blink-182's best album. And I got I. And I got to say, I was listening to California at the time. And I got to say, with California by Blink-182, if when you phrase it with what actually happened, where it's like Tom is no longer in Blink-182 and Matt Skiba from Alkaline Trio is now going to do his parts and they're working on a new album, you're like, fuck that, you know? Like, that's what you say. Fuck that. You can't have Blink-182 without Tom, you know? No one, you know, people don't... 
we were like, how dare you stand where you stood? But Matt Skiba didn't do anything wrong. He was just hanging out. Um, we're going to talk about him a little bit more in this episode because uh, he did an interview that was actually good. Um, but yeah, no, they said California, you know. But if you say, like, you know, if you say, hey, so Travis and Mark from Blink-182 and Matt from Alkaline Trio, they're working on an album together. And I would be like, oh, shit, that's going to be fucking awesome. And that's what California was. It was fucking awesome. But uh, is it Blink-182, though, you know? And I had to tell her, you know, I was just like, well, I really like this album. However, I don't fully consider it Blink-182, you know, because I, I consider Blink-182 Travis, Tom, and Mark. You know, those are the three in that order that – uh but, you know, without them, it's just like, you know, because I considered California 9 just side projects. But, but uh, yeah, no, but no, California is a great album. I was listening to it all week. Los Angeles, when will you save me, Los Angeles? That was so bad. You don't know a thing about it. I know dawn to dust now. We don't care about you. I did listen to... They did, someone made, like, the whole album, put the whole album up, but it was Matt replaced with Tom's AI, which, you know, Matt's rad, and, you know, Matt's vocals make the most sense on it, but it's interesting to hear that album with uh, Tom on it, and it was, like, the AI was Tom from, uh, like, Enema of the State Tom. That's probably where they got the uh, vocal samples and everything they had to get for that you know they probably just got it from the anime album which also a funny thing i i learned recently you know because i've been wondering like you know because tom's voice tom DeLong's voice from like anima of the state versus uh one more time if you just compare the vocals you're like oh that sounds completely different but you can still tell it's like tom DeLong. and i was thinking you know i know he had a, like a painkiller addiction i've i've heard murmurings that he likes to drink a lot before shows and stuff like that, you know, which is normal for punk bands. If you want to be like a, you know, like if you, a real professional musician is trying not to do that shit, but sometimes you do, but you know, life finds a way. Um, but yeah, I was thinking it was just like, oh, maybe he's drink, you know, drinking, maybe he damaged his voice or something like that. And that's what, you know, I just kind of generally thought, and you know, I didn't think much of it because there wasn't, you know, I think I Googled it and I didn't find anything. But recently I saw a video of someone like talking about it and like they found the like, interviews and shit like that. And it was like, Tom just doesn't sing like that. It's not nothing like I was thinking like it was a problem going on. It's just, yeah, just Tom decided to not sing like that anymore. And that's why you can kind of see him like he, he fucks up a lot singing, you know, if you see him like mess up or like get something wrong, it's probably because he's wanting to sing like he does now versus that. I'm like, but at the same time, you know, that whiny, nasally kind of shit, that's what makes the music good, you know? Like, you know, like, you don't listen, unless you're, you mean, Fall Boy and Panic at the Disco are, like, exceptions, but, like, you don't listen to Blink-182 for, like, good, good vocal singing. Like, you listen to it because Tom and Mark's voice just sounds so unique uh, working together, and that's what, you know, what, what makes it work, so... Yeah, is California Blink-182's best album? Absolutely not. Um, but if you consider it just like Blink a Blink-182 side project, honestly, I kind of think it's a little bit better than Boxcar Racer. I know that's sacrilegious, 
but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. It is. Um, oh yeah, and you. Um, one thing I wanted to say, uh, listening to California with like Tom DeLonge AI uh, replacing Matt, is that the Matt Skiba song? Because you know, Alkaline Entry, they're you know they make like heavy and like it gets. The best way to say it is it. A lot of the songs can just be very dark, you know, and especially you know minor keys and shit like that, you know. Obviously, so like when you hear like Tom singing over Matt's parts on like songs that just sound like Matt Skiba. It sounds like Boxcar Racer, and I'm all about that. And even though Boxcar Racer was basically the thing that cracked Blink-182, um, I'll just go on without it. You know, I don't care. Um, another thing I've been thinking a lot about is, um, you know, when you have a parent who passes away, you know, when you have your first one, you know, everyone, everyone usually has two, you know, at least... It starts with two, and then it, it goes down from there. And uh, now I only have one parent alive. And uh, I think about the scenario because my dad died. And so I think about the scenarios where, like, my mom would die, my dad's still alive, and I got to say, I don't want my mom to die either, you know. Just, I got to put that out there. Uh, we're not going to jinx that shit, you know. I, I w- actually kind of wish they were both alive, to be honest with you, but life works in mysterious ways. And uh, I'm going to put a... Put a sound drop in and... Uh, this is America, you dumb son of a bitch, okay? So, yeah, we can go on from there. But, no, I was thinking, like, what would, like, the the alternate universe where it's, like, the, I don't know, for some reason, at the same, instead of my dad dying at the time he did, it was my mom died at the time instead. And I was just thinking about it. Okay, well, it's like, well, I wouldn't need to move in with my dad, um, but... Uh, but, uh, like, let's just pretend I did. And, you know, that makes it fun. So, you know, it, and I really figured out that if my mom would have died instead of my dad, my life would just be, like, kind of like a remake of Frasier. But, like, I actually think it would be a decent remake of Frasier. Uh, you know, I guess you wouldn't call it Frasier. It would just be, like, the same kind of open premise of the show because the show you know that's how like good shows really you know sitcoms really work it's just like you make it so flexible that you can do anything you know and that's what Frazier is just like yeah he is a radio host he gives advice to people and then he gets in any situation here are the quirky cast of characters because you know I'm just thinking about it like okay so in Frazier like Frazier's mom passed away and the dad can take care of like his dad needed like physical therapy and to like I don't know, just have someone in the house with him, you know? That's like, that was his situation. And so we're like, oh, we're going to hire a hot physical therapist. And like, now we're all going to make a, we're all going to have a rule where we don't do anything with the physical therapist, okay? You know, that would be, that'd be the rule. But we are going to hire her strictly on her attractiveness. Like that's, you know, like it sounds bad, but we're not gonna sexually harass her, you know. So it's okay, you know. We're just gonna we're like we're just all gonna make a pack. None of us, cause like oh, except for no, but yeah, my brother's gay too. But yeah, but also has a crush on the physical therapist too, you know, and that shit like that. So yeah, oh yeah, son has a podcast instead of a radio show. Like it's almost like the same exact. It's just like dad needs a physical therapist away from actually being like a Frasier reboot or a Frasier remake. It'd be, yeah. And honestly though, I think the nice thing about it is if we just decide to like not copy Frasier episodes, you know, 
that's like a whole ass show right there. You know, mom dies, dad needs a physical therapist, son's like, we're hiring a hot one. <laughs> and dad's like, well, I guess you're in charge of this, so I guess we have to hire the hot one. <laughs> you know, it's just, dad's like, oh, we have to hire a hot one. You know, I'm like, yes, dad, we're going to hire a, an attractive physical therapist for you. We're not going to find some uggo. And then first of all, like, don't you have to be in shape to be a physical therapist, you know? I don't know the ones I've seen. I'm not saying they were like ripped or whatever, but they did. They were not. They did not have my body type. I'm just saying. Uh, anyways, though, that that would be a good Fraser. Honestly, that'd be really good. Except for I act a little bit more like uh, Fraser's dad, uh, Marty. I, I'm like the dirty recliner with the dog, and then he's the more like keep things clean. He's not as fancy, though. He's, like, a sports guy, you know? But anyways, though, you know, just my my own little Frasier reboot. Um, That's not the one that they're actually making right now, where it's, like, Frasier and Freddy. And they're like, I don't... I mean, it's a cool idea for a show, but... And then you think about it, like, it's a spinoff of a spinoff. So, well, what did my life spin off from? Uh, evangelical Christianity? Uh, the music industry? I don't know. Uh, but anyways, though, thank you so much for checking out this episode of the show. I have music out now. Um, I'm making plans for the rest of the year, so make sure you check out that. And make sure you're following me. I know Spotify, Apple Music. I know there's others like Tidal, YouTube, and shit like that. Just make sure you're following me. Or if you do that, that way you get notified when uh, – I, I try not – I'm not – I mean, I don't know how much control I have over that shit, but you're not going to get – you're only going to get notified with new songs if it's on, like, a streaming service. Um, but you can follow me on social media where you'll, you can just casually see that I, what music I made, the podcast I released, um, anything else that's going on in my life. So make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're following me at, uh, the, sh what was that? I was like, that was like a hiccup, but it, okay. Uh, at the Shweezy's anywhere on social media. Make sure you're following me. Just check out anything, you know, that I'm doing in the meantime. Um, and then we have uh, we have Cash App, we have PayPal, we have Patreon. All great ways just to financially support the show. Just say thank you for being a friend and uh, keep it on, keep on, uh, keep it on, making sure we're. I'm not gay no more. I am delivered. So that's all cool. But remember all the free shit you can do. Make sure you're liking all of our episodes, subscribed to the show wherever you at YouTube or on some audio platform, Spotify. Uh, I don't even think it's Apple. I mean, it's just Apple Podcasts now, I guess. So make sure, yeah, make sure you leave reviews. Leave us five, four, three, two, one star rating, uh, determining, you know, wherever the fuck you stream the shit on, even SoundCloud, you know, and that always confuses me. This is like, congratulations, you got X amount of streams on SoundCloud. I'm like, great. What about everything else? Like, we're not that good. We're not that good at hosting podcasts. So um, thank you, SoundCloud. I'm glad I've stuck with you for, God, with them since I've been paying SoundCloud since 2017 and i gotta tell you uh that's rough buddy so uh appreciate this podcast i'm tired of giving soundcloud money let's jump into a previous week right now previous week right now is just last week's news where that we're going over right now and this week we have no disappointments and we also have no Mike Bickle or IHOP Kansas City updates 
for you as, at the current moments. I guess they're all out of lies, and I get maybe the worst of it is behind them, and only assholes like me are going to follow them. But anyways, though, let's jump. So let's, um, let's do it right. Let's just jump into it. Uh, this is from the New York Post, the, the memes I've been laughing at last week. No orgies for honorable Stephen Hawking, fellow scientist says following Epstein's doc dumps. Stephen Hawking would not be part of an orgy, a fellow scientist insisted to the Post in the wake of, a, of newly released court documents that mentioned an allegation the renowned physicist participated in an underage sex fest on Jeffrey Epstein's Virgin Island Island's state. He never mentioned when we worked together, Epstein or any such thing, said cosmologist and theoretical physicist Alora Mersini Hutton, who in 2015 organized a conference in Sweden on black holes with Hawking. Stephen was a very honorable man. He was not the kind of man who would be a part of an orgy, said the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill professor, uh, and he wouldn't accept a free ride either. When a very reputable family offered to arrange and pay for the profoundly disabled Hawking's travel to the conference in exchange for him giving a lecture in their hometown, he turned them down. Mersini Houghton recalled, he also was very respectful of his staff, including the nurses who gave him 24-7 care, paying them a fair diem out of his own money during the conference. Hawking's name emerged in connection with the Epstein case this week as thousands of pages of court documents were unsealed. The scientist died in 2018 at age 76. In a 2015 email, Epstein wrote to Glane, Gislaine, Gislaine Maxwell. We're going to call her Gislaine Maxwell. Uh, he offered a reward to anyone who would help disprove salacious allegations from accuser Virginia Goofrey, including that Hawking had been part of an underage orgy and that President Clinton has been to Epstein's private island. Hawking did attend a 20... 2006 conference for scientists funded and reportedly hosted by Epstein just five months before the financer was charged with soliciting prostitution in Florida. Uh, photos taken of Hawking in 2006 showing him at a barbecue on Epstein's private island, Little St. James, emerged in a 2015 report in The Telegraph. Hawking, a father of three, famously divorced his longtime wife Jane in 1995 and her father with one of his nurses. Okay, yeah, so. Um, I do... Okay, let's, let's first go over the allegations. Uh, I, you know, I actually, I do believe this, you know, like, I don't, you know, when you're that disabled, you know, I'm like, yes, I will love an orgy, please and thank you, uh, you know, and shit like that, you know, until victims come forward with stuff like this, like, and with, you know, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna say it's false, uh, for the most part, you know, it's just, you know, I, I mean, I don't like to be victim blamers here, but if it did happen, I'm like, honestly, um, it wouldn't have been Steven's fault because I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to protect him. I'm going to protect my, my little disabled man right here. Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm pretty sure anyone could take advantage of that, you know, um, realistically it probably happened was like you know it's like epstein probably like invited like a ton of people to this fucking island dude and like i can't you know yeah just because you're on epstein's you know if you're on the list doesn't mean you actually did something wrong you know he's like you went to this dude's house and you're like i could see myself like i 
I genuinely could see, like, oh, my name was on the list. I'm like, I swear to fucking God I didn't do anything. I went there. I felt uncomfortable. I sat outside until we got to go home, you know, and shit like that. I, I, you know, uh, I, I just, just looking at, you know, I just don't think Stephen Hawking did it. I don't condone, you know, underage sex trafficking. I, I apparently need to say that for everyone. I don't condone it. However, I, uh, I, I do plan on making some jokes. So I just wanted to get that out of the way that I don't agree with it, but I am going to make some jokes. And my favorite and the thing that's been making me laugh all week from hearing this news is that Epstein's Island is handicap accessible. And I could just, I don't know how I, I could see myself getting in. I'm somehow I'm always in the conversation when this happens. I'm just like, Wait, so your island is handicapped? So, like, if someone's handicapped, they can, like, come to your little private island? And they're like, yeah, they can come to my island. I'm not a fucking monster. <laughs> Says the guy who has, like, an underage sex trafficking ring. <laughs> He's like, I'm not a monster, guys. Seriously, I'm not a monster. We have wheelchair ramps here. Like, I don't know, like, just I'm just thinking about, like, those facts. Just, like, so, like... Just th- try to think here. Just there's like, oh, Stephen Hawking's coming. Here. Like, do you think that when they knew Stephen Hawking was coming to the island, do you think like, oh shit, Stephen Hawking's gonna come here? We need to make this place handicap accessible. <laughs> you think they said that? You know, I think Stephen wants to have an orgy here, so uh, we're gonna need to build some wheelchair ramps, okay, guys? Because I don't think Stephen Hawking is gonna be very happy. If he can't get into the house where the underage orgy is, you know, and he's like, fuck, I wanted to come to the orgy, but there is no wheelchair ramp. How unfortunate. There is no God. You know, he always said, like, he did this one documentary, and he's just like, reasons why there is no God. And uh, I got to say, I don't don't care. You know, I, I talk a lot of shit about Christianity, but I don't give a shit about the atheists either. You're like, I mean, the only, I mean, the only real true religious belief out there is agnosticism. To be honest with you, I mean, you know, it's like there might be something out there. You know, I don't know. Like, yeah, that's like the only thing you can really say. Um, what else? What other jo- jokes? Just like I've been seeing like memes. Just like. So, uh, Stephen Hawking is burning in hell right now, but, uh, he is recently coming out of hell to, uh, share his testimony. Like, this dude's dead, too, you know? We're just like, this dude had an underage origin. I'm like, okay, guys, let's not make up shit, you know? I don't know if it's real or not, but let's not make up shit. We can't confirm it, you know? Because he's dead. And he can't defend himself. Now, they did They did have Michael Jackson. They said Michael Jackson was there. But it also said in the documents that already didn't touch any of the girls. Which you're like, oh, good for Michael. I'm like, no. They just weren't his type. You know, you think? So, like, clearly when Michael Jackson went to Jeffrey Epstein's island, like, clearly it wasn't like, you know, sometimes, like, you throw a party and, you know, you kind of just, like, 
get a little survey from everyone, you know, like maybe have one friend with like a weird diet restriction, you know, like they're gluten free or some shit, you know, and like you want to be a good host. So you're just like, I'll make like a little thing for them, you know, whatever. Uh, they did not do that with Michael Jackson at Jeffrey Epstein's Island. I'm telling you, there were no little boys. That sounds like a place, you know, there were no little boys on that island. I'm just going to tell you that. You know how fucking disappointed Michael Jackson was when he was like, oh, man, there's no little boys here for me to play with. <laughs> you know, actually, he doesn't, he doesn't actually, Michael Jackson didn't actually talk about that. He had like a lower voice. That was just his like stage, weird stage persona I, I learned recently. But anyways, though, that's that, um... Tell me what you think. Did, did was Stephen Hawking? Stephen Hawking really? The, was he really having that orgy, or was he just like, "Hello, please get me out of here. I don't like this here. It's not wheelchair accessible." Like, there's actually a good chance it's not like wheelchair accessible at all. And that's like the that there we there we have like the like that proves that was a lie. Is that it, there was no way a wheelchair could get? I actually need to look at the estate to see what was going on there. All right, on to some Blink-22 news, which I like to do. Uh, Matt's, from Rock Celebrities, Matt Skiba shares his one regret about replacing Tom DeLonge in Blink-182. During a recent appearance on Tuna on Toast with Striker podcast, Matt Skiba expressed his single regret about stepping in for Tom DeLonge in Blink-182. Skiba became part of the band in 2015, taking over for DeLonge, who left for personal reasons. After seven years with the group, the musician left with Blink-182 announced in 2022 that Tom was coming back. Matt shared how awkward his first photo shoot with was with Blink after he joined the band, explaining, I was even thinking about it, but I was wearing Hurley clothing company shit to rehearsal, and I forgot that Blink was like the Hurley band forever. So when I showed up to practice, I got, I've got i got a baseball hat on and this Hurley t-shirt, and everyone was like, what the fuck? Like, you're fucking poser. You're trying to be like Tom. And I was like, I didn't know we were going to take a picture. He continued sharing the one thing he'd change about his time with the band. We took a picture against the door and the loading docks, and I've got my dopey Hurley shirt on, clueless to how that would read. But that was one thing where that's one thing where where kids were like, dude, don't do that. I'm like, do what? All right, if you would have thought of it, I probably might have changed t-shirts just because I don't want to be that guy. So that was the one thing I take back. Following Blink-182's announcement that DeLong was back in the band, Skiba reacted on Instagram with the following words. Congratulations to the homies Mark Hoppus, Tom DeLong, and Travis Barker on their triumphant Blink-182 return slash reunion and the release of their new single today. I'm sure there's a joke in here about releases and happy endings. I'm missing... I'm missing, but I am truly grateful for my time with Blink-182, and I am truly happy you guys are a band and a family again. Thanks to the band and all the Blink-182 Blink fans for having me. You were delicious. Matt from Chicago, with love. Later, speaking to Vulture, Matt also addressed the rumors, claiming that he felt betrayed after the announcement. Skiba mentioned that he wasn't surprised by the news and didn't feel backstabbed. He explained that he, DeLong, and the rest of the band were friends, and Tom had even supported Skiba's own band, Outlagging Trio, in the past. Skiba expressed that he's happy the original band members are back together well that's good i don't know i guess uh, you forget you forget shit that like blink-182 was like a hurley band because like in my mind i think about at least you know apparel in regards to blink-182 i think about Macbeth. i think about there was another one i can't remember there's you know two of the stars has their shit you know and that's what i think about when i think about blink uh what's the fucking other one i can't remember it um, but I guess, yeah, Hurley was that, uh, it was a weird time, if you don't remember, uh, P 
people thought, because people, you know, you don't actually know the truth about what goes on. Even, like, you realize, like, bands you were, like, following at the time, and then, like, years later you learn that. I remember when uh, Aaron Gillespie left Under Oath, and uh, I thought it was because he posted, like, about how, like, he wanted to do more Christianity mission work and shit like that, uh, you know. That's a long story there, but turns out he was suffering from anxiety and had was having bad panic attacks and wasn't getting along, you know, and it was affecting at least the relationship with the band, you know? And it's like, so, you know, people, like, you hear, like, oh, everything's civil, but, like, you never really fully know. But I think we're now long enough away from it now where we were like, um, yeah, Matt Scuba didn't do any shit wrong because you're like, how dare you stand where he stood? But, like... Matt didn't do shit. They just worked on an album together, you know? They worked on two albums together, you know? One was great. The other one was pretty good. And, uh, yeah, but uh, what do you guys think? Do you you think Matt Skiba and Scott Rayner should rejoin Blink, you know? I saw someone post that, like, those three, like, alternate universe were like... I'm like, I like Matt Skiba. I honestly just like Matt... Mark and Travis making music together, but just not under Blink-182. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't really listen to Cheshire Cat or Dude Ranch even that much. I'd even rather listen to, like, a more modern, like, performance of, like, Damn It, if I want to listen to that, you know? But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, do, you, do you guys fucking hate Matt Skiba's guts, or are you mature and an, and an adult and are willing to accept that, uh, California was a great album, by the way. I didn't know if I mentioned that, but I've been listening to it. I listened to it all last week, and uh, it is the fucking best. Um, last article we got here is from Me Too. Um, M-I-T-U, not like the bad Me Too. Uh, Snoop Dogg signs first mariachi act, Catch Them at Dodger Stadium. Snoop Dogg, 52, has often shared his love for Mexican culture in the past. For one, back in 2022, the rappers paid tribute to the late Vincente Fernandez in his concert, calling him one of the greats and playing El Rey for fans, even once making headlines for singing Chilino Sanchez's song on social media for Snoop Dogg, has also collaborated with bands like Fuerza, Regida, and Banda MS, so it makes sense that the rapper signed a mariachi band to his label, Death Row Records, an experience that the band's lead singer now calls incredible. Last year, Snoop Dogg signed mariachi actor Julian Torres y Mariachi Zontel, uh, Zonte uh, to the new iteration of Death Row Records. Incredibly, the Mexican band became the first ever act on the new reinvented label, even more magical. According to Grunge Cake, the band met Snoop outside of the late Kobe Bryant's memorial service. In fact, as per Ola, the California-born rapper told... Despierita America that he met the band while they were performing outside the public memorial at the Los Angeles Lakers Staples Center. They blew away Snoop Dogg with their musicianship, which we 100% understand. Just check out the on-site video of Torres singing classic Amor Interno uh, outside the memorial. Back in May, Julian Torres y Mariachi Sanzontal these are the first single, La Fiesta de Mi Pueblo, uh, under Death Row Records, as Snoop Dogg told uh, Desperita America, he loves Hispanic music, so he knew he had to sign the mariachi act. As stores now put it, he feels blessed and very fortunate for Snoop Dogg's support, but here's everything to know about the signing and everything Torres has to say about the experience. Okay. 
you know, it's funny to think about. I don't know. You know, I like, you know, you have Mexican neighbors and shit. They're always blasting that mariachi shit. But, like, at the same time, isn't it like, I don't know. It all kind of sounds the same to me. I also don't like accordions that much in music. It's not a bad instrument. I'm just saying I don't want to hear an accordion, you know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, well, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, so I guess, yeah, cool, cool stuff, neat stuff, slick stuff. And you know, man proposes and God disposes. FNX fitness, the ultimate destination for fitness enthusiasts looking to reach their peak performance and achieve their health goals. Are you tired of the same old fitness routines that leave you feeling uninspired and unmotivated? Look no further than FNX Fitness, where they bring a fresh and innovative approach to your fitness journey. At FNX Fitness, they believe that true fitness goes beyond just physical strength. It's about nourishing your body and mind and soul to unlock your full potential. That's why they offer a wide range of high-quality supplements and products designed to support your active lifestyle. Fuel your workouts and enhance your recovery with the scientifically formulated supplements. From pre-workout energizers to post-workout recovery blends, FNX Fitness has you covered every step of the way. Their products are carefully crafted using premium ingredients, ensuring you get the nutrients you need to perform at your best. But don't take, but FNX Fitness is more than just supplements. It's a community of like-minded individuals who share your passion for fitness and well-being. Join their supportive community and gain access to expert advice, workout tips, and motivational content that will keep you inspired and on track towards your goals. They understand that fitness is a personal journey, which is why they offer a wide range of products to cater to your individual needs. Whether you're a seasoned athlete looking to take your performance to the next level or a beginner taking your first steps towards a healthier lifestyle, FNX Fitness has the tools and resources to support you every step of the way. But don't just take my word for it. Join the thousands of satisfied customers who have already experienced the FNX Fitness difference. Transform your fitness routine and unlock your full potential with FNX Fitness. And using our code in the description, you can save 15% off your order from their website. Ready to take your fitness to the next level? Uh, visit their website on your Nealist or your, your Nealist retailer today and discover the power of FNX Fitness. Elevate your performance, fuel your passion, and become the best version of yourself with FNX Fitness. And a reminder, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Cash App, the easiest way to send, spend, and save money with just a few taps on your phone. Are you tired of dealing with the hassle of carrying cash or waiting in long lines at the bank? With Cash App, you can say goodbye to those inconveniences and hello to a seamless financial experience. Sending money to friends and family has never been easier. Whether you're splitting the bill at dinner, paying your share of rent, or simply sending a birthday gift, Cash App lets you transfer money instantly directly from your bank account. No need to worry about writing checks or handling physical cash anymore. Uh, but Cash App doesn't stop there. It's complete financial ecosystem right at your fingertips. Use the app to easily pay for your morning coffee, groceries, or even your monthly subscriptions. With just a simple scan or tap, you can make purchases at millions of locations, both online and offline. And here's the best part. Cash App helps you save money too. With its innovative Boost feature, you can unlock exclusive discounts and cashback rewards at popular retailers, restaurants, and even your favorite services. It's like having your own personal saving assistant always looking out for the best deals. Worried about security? Cash App has you covered. With top-notch encryption and advanced security features, your financial information is always protected. Plus, if you have ever had any questions or concerns, Cash App's dedicated customer support team is available 24-7 to assist you. 
So why wait? Join millions of satisfied users and experience the convenience, speed, and savings that Cash App brings to your financial life. Download the app today from your app store and start sending spending and saving money like never before. Luckily, the best part is if you sign up using the link in the description, you get a free $5 just for signing up. That's literally just free money. Uh, so join Cash App today. The future of money is here. And when you use our links, you directly support this show. I didn't do fucking shit. Oh, hello, everyone. Let's get into this. Episode. Oh, we're back to, like, normal cancel shoes. We're no longer into the Christmas shoes season. We are now into what they call... Uh, what they call just normal cancel shoes episodes. What's up? Um. Anyways, though, I wanted to go over this article, this thing today I saw... Uh, from, like, CNBC. Um, Harvard psychologist, if you say yes to any of these nine questions, you're more emotionally secure than most. Now, uh, you know, after having to deal with family over Christmas and stuff like that, I think it's all, you know, like, you know, you're around your family, and they just decide that, like, hey, uh, you're the problem, and then you realize, and then... You know, you're around other people and you realize, I'm not a problem at all. I think my, you know, my family are just kind of annoying and they don't like me or whatever. You know, so I wanted to know, like, you know, and it's also good. This is also good because people are like, women are too emotional to be president or whatever the fuck you want to talk about. But then men are, men are just as emotional as women. We just like uh, are told to hide it earlier and more in life than women are. We're just told to hide it, and you have to, you grow up knowing that shit, you know? And so I, I'm the kind of guy who goes to therapy, tries to work on himself, and, you know, uh, even though, you know, your family don't, won't go to therapy, at least you can work on yourself. So, uh, so here, let's let's determine, am I... You know, people people call me a man-child. People call me every... every I've been called every name. Uh... I have been called every, I, that's not as, you know, I've been called everything, mine, there's not really a lot of slurs for white people, we kind of run things, you can't really make a slur for white people, because, you know, we just kind of run the world, at least for the most part, so, alright, let's see, am I more emotionally secure than uh, most people think, uh, everyone's checking this out, they're like, absolutely fucking not, but let's see. Number one, can you listen to different perspectives you disagree with? Uh, emotionally secure people are all a, are able to hear others' point of views without reacting to them in an aggressive way. Instead of going to battle, there is a flexible, empathic, and non-judgmental exploration of another person's reality, even during times of conflict and disagreement. Um, yeah, you try to listen, but I, that might be. Um, I do, I do, what was the, oh yeah, the dumb fucking thing I heard the other day. So it's a Roald Dahl, he, he wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka and the, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, no, I said it right. Uh, he did like Matilda, he's written a bunch of kids books, but like, very intelligent kids books, like there is like super deep meaning to like his stories, uh, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but some things you don't know about Roald Dahl is that uh, he really did not like Chews. And which is interesting because he was like known to be like, 
he was known as like a World War II veteran. And, you know, and that whole thing, uh, a lot of it came down to him like, hey, guys, I don't think you should be killing all the Jews. You know, but it's funny. I think he said something along the lines of uh, if, uh, you know, you know, it, like it, things have to escalate, you know, for like, because like no one's just like, I want to exterminate every every person from a specific race, you know. That doesn't happen unless, you know, like, people don't wake up and think that. Like, you know, like, you know, the Jews had to have started it. And, you know, I'm like, I'm listening to this, and I'm like, don't try to make this make sense. Don't don't make a logical argument out of that, you know. I have a fucking hate speech. Don't make a fucking logical argument out of that shit, you know. Uh, yeah, I try to listen to people. I, I usually, I'm, I'm, I'm usually a big fan of, like, I, I really like, when, I want someone to explain everything, you know, like, get it out there. I don't want any like missing information. I like to know, I like to have all the information. That's me personally. I like to have the information, but you know, everyone's a little different, but so yeah, I usually listen to people. I let them finish and then, then I'll tell them why they're wrong. You know, that's, that's how we do it. Um, so yeah, you should, yeah, actually I do think it's, it is a good idea to be like, and also, yeah, you should listen to other people's perspectives. I mean, like, that's how I, you know, I, I'm kind of like, cause I don't think if I tried to understand other people's perspective, I wouldn't have understood, like, the Black Lives Matter movement. I wouldn't have tried to, all the LGBT alphabet people rights, you know, I wouldn't have, like, gotten really invested into that. You know, if I didn't sit down here, because, you know, I used to be super Christian, so, like, for me to be like, you know what, I don't think, I think trans kids should feel safe existing i don't i you know that's why i wear a protect trans kids shirt and i have multiple stickers of it you know because i'm like just because someone doesn't like the the gender they they're born with you know is not a good excuse to fucking murder them you know like disagree with all of you want like i don't think it's right to be transgender then don't be transgender you know but like i don't know you know Number two, can you set healthy boundaries? Emotional security is associated with knowing yourself and setting limits based on your values. Consequently, emotional secure people can articulate how they want to be treated and set guidelines for how they will respond if those boundaries are not respected. Uh, boundaries are especially healthy boundaries. have been a recent thing in my life that I've been trying to set up. You know, like in my 20s, I would just, you know, I'd let people talk to me any way or whatever, I wouldn't, you know, I'd, you know, I just let it happen, you know, and, you know, you think, oh, someone has whatever over me, like, what's going to happen, you know, like, if you, you know, like, you're, if, if you're getting, if a boss at your job is disrespecting you, is severely disrespecting you and insulting you, like, they're already going to, I mean, they're already trying to fire you, so just stick up for yourself, you know, at that point, you know, be, you know, don't get emotional, you know, don't get, you know, don't get too aggressive, you know, like don't get, don't get violent because then they have a lawsuit, but though you'd want, you know, we all know someone at a workplace, we would love to just fucking knock the teeth out of their mouth, you know, just fucking, oh man, you think about that, you think about a former employer, you're just like, like they sit you in a room with a couple other people and then you're like, hey guys, I would like to ask you to leave, this is going to be between me and him, and then 
that's what happened, you know? Uh, I, I'm actually very bad. I mean, I get very bad about boundaries, you know, and stuff like that. So uh, I've actually, what my therapist told me, like, I've set up too many, like, healthy boundaries where it's like, oh, now you just don't do anything. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely figure out your boundaries, people. I, I definitely, I, f- I could... Things I would actually tell younger me, it'd be like, set up boundaries, don't let people talk, don't get emotional during arguments, and don't let people talk, don't pe- let people insult you and disrespect you like that. 100% something I would hunt, I would definitely like doing. Uh, just, you know, that's something I would set up, like, at least, you know, I think I've always had boundaries, but I think healthy boundaries, understanding that, you know, like... You know, you just think about, like, I remember I worked at Target. You know, when some, I hate, I absolutely hate it. If someone, you know, someone tells you something and then, you know, you relay that information to someone else and then we confront half the person because we have to confirm or deny it. And then they just straight up lie. That fucking shit. When people just, it's just like a lie, you know, I'm like, didn't you say this? You're like, I never said that, you know, and like, they just lie like that. I fucking can't stand shit like that. That's, that's going to be that could be a fight or more of like an argument right there. If I like someone like relays some information with me and then they just straight up lie later, I'm like, I will confront them. I do not, I have no problem with that shit. I don't know. It's called, I guess this is growing up. Uh, can you admit when you're wrong? All of us are wrong sometimes, but it can be very difficult to own up to it. Emotionally secure people can acknowledge when they've made a mistake, take responsibility, and apologize for their actions. Yeah, I, I, I try to apologize for, you know, and but I'm also, I, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. But my problem is when I'm, I am right a lot because I'm just, I'm just the fucking best. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, yeah, you meet a ton of people who will not admit they're wrong. I probably probably related to me, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, people. I don't know. I hate it when people don't take accountability for themselves. You know, I you know I think my best example would be like Ethan Klein from like H three. You know, like he never takes response. Like he like. He got, you know, he was punching up for a while, but nowadays they're like, H3 is so popular that, like, he's always, he always punches down because, like, that's all, that's the only place he can punch. He can't punch, there's nowhere left up to go. I'm like, yeah, I guess you could try to fight Jeff Bezos, but it's not going to matter, so you just fight small-ass people, you know? But, like, you're also never wrong in this situation, you know? That's kind of the type of person I am, so. Uh, Be willing to apologize, but also, at the same time, if you're right, don't apologize. Uh, don't apologize for things you mean, and apologize for things that you know are wrong. The things you eventually figure out, like, yeah, that was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. And then, like, oh, that wasn't wrong. I shouldn't have. You know, sometimes you apologize for no reason because it's like, oh, I'll make the peace or whatever. You know. Uh, do you know your core values and beliefs? Are you able to communicate your perspective in a respectful way, even when others may strongly disagree? Emotional security is associated with being authentic, knowing one's values, and acting in a way that's consistent with them in all life situations. I, I would give myself this. Uh, I'll give myself this one, too. I'm four for four right now. Uh, I think, you know, a big belief is uh, I'm very against religion, uh, especially, especially I'm super against evangelical Christianity. Uh, but what you guys don't know is about my personal life. You think, you think I'm a dick and that is probably the person I give you on this show. 
But I do know genuine people, you know, because I used to be in the Christian shit. So I do know genuine people who still believe the nonsense and have, like, been very respectful and stuff like that. And, you know, like, they're like, you want to come to our Bible study? I'm like, you know, like, my actual answer is I don't want to go to your fucking Bible study. I don't believe in that shit. And fuck you for, not fuck you, but, like, you're retarded for believing. We said it. And yeah, you're just dumb and stupid for believing that. I would never say something like that. I, you know, like that's just, that's just being, it's called being an asshole. So don't do that, okay? Don't do that. Don't do that. It's bad. Because apparently. Because apparently you're an asshole if you do shit like that. So no, don't, don't be like that guy. But also, no, like you're worth, like when I get invited to a Bible study, I, I try to politely decline, you know, especially the real people. But then, like, and then you're like, I don't know, people, people will come at me. Every time I hop on threads, it's just some evangelical shit that I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm just, you know, and you, I want to say something mean to people, you know, it's like how wrong you are, you know, and then I'm like, I don't think this is helping. I don't think this is good for anyone. So don't do that. Can you express negative emotions respectfully? Being emotional secure means communicating your feelings in a respectful way that focuses on your internal experience. Often this is reflected by using I statements like I feel or I think instead of blaming others for your circumstance. You know, I want to give myself 50% on this one. Uh, I don't like to blame others. I, I like to take, you know, responsibility for my actions. I do. Uh, however, confronting people who annoy me or who've just gotten on my nerves, I'm not, I'm not good at it at all because I think, uh, you know, I was always, I think I, I always feel like as a kid, I was like, I always got, I was the, I feel, I always feel like a scapegoat. Like, you know, my brother got in trouble and then he would just blame me and I would say I didn't do it, but I don't know. My parents wouldn't believe me. I don't know, just like most situations, like I was like a normal kid, just like people always tattle on me. And so that just makes me not, you know, I have like a lot of trust issues and stuff like that. So, you know, it's always hard to like, you know, if I, if I went to my parents like with uh, like, you know, if I had um, like a problem and I just like I felt sad or some shit like that, you know, I didn't, I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have that resource. I didn't have anyone to come to, but, you know, I can't take responsibility for my own actions, but, uh, Negative. I'm in therapy, y'all. You can shut the fuck up. I'm in therapy. You're like, this dude's got a lot of problems. Like, shut the fuck up. I'm in therapy. Uh, so don't, don't, don't do that to me. Can you take criticism from others? Receiving constructive feedback without immediately rejecting it or lashing out is a key sign of emotional security. It means you have a strong sense of self and that it's take into consideration other people's perspectives and other opinions about your approach to things without taking them personally. Um, so I kind of, I hate getting criticized, um, but I just get over it and move on because, uh, especially if you work in music, like you have to take criticism, like criticism happens and like, you're going to get crit, you're getting criticism whether you want it or not. And, uh, it kind of sucks when it's, uh, you don't want it, but, uh, I, I've kind of had to learn that, like, like remember, understand when you should and shouldn't take something personally, and, you, like, you know, like, 
people think like, how do you survive like substitute teaching? I'm like, I, I just don't, whatever they say, I don't take it personally. It's probably not about me. Like I'm not doing anything to them. If like I would kind of figure it, I mean like I'm making them do school shit or whatever. I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm the bad guy. But you know, uh, but if like a kid lashes out because of that, I'm like, I'm not going to take it personally. Like, they're, they probably have shitty parents, you know? Like, that's that's usually the case with kids, you know? It's like, is this kid an asshole? Uh, maybe there's probably something in their mind that they're, that's, you know, blank spot or whatever, you know? Some fucking shit like that, but yeah. If you if you decide to get into music and you don't like criticism, pick, pick a new career. First of all, don't go into music. We, there's already too many musicians. There's too many goddamn songs. There's too much everything in this industry. Stop going into music. I am tired. I don't. I intentionally decided to not do sports because I'm tired of competitions, you know. And if I don't want music to feel like a competition, so uh, everyone stop playing music and give me more space to be the best, you know. Uh, number seven. Do you continually strive to change and grow? The most emotionally secure people have an appreciation for the journey of life in the process of evolving over time. They are not afraid to embrace change. They find joy and satisfaction in the idea of learning and becoming the best versions of themselves. I pride myself on always trying to be the best version of myself. Uh, you know, I, 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 am I there? No, but I, I always, I do try. To do better, you know, I'm in, I am in, I am one of the men, few men in therapy, and therapy was not made for men, because it's like, I read, how was it, I read, I was going to be like, I read something, like, it was a YouTube video, and uh, they were talking about how, like, yeah, talk therapy is just not designed for men, just because, like, men are raised in such a way where, like, you have a problem you know, like, you have to fix it and, like, go into so many different areas in regards to, like, fixing a problem where I think women have have something, like, they're raised where it's just like, yeah, you need to go find a man for help. And, like, to be a man, it's like, oh, you have to be able to do anything you need to do. Like, you have to rise up to the occasion and do it. I'm like, and that's, you know, it's fucking hard. And then you're like, I'll give you something to cry about and shit like that. You know, it's like, yeah, you can't be emotional and shit like that. And then women are like, I'm not attracted to emotional men. So it's like, I don't know, you know, I, I'm going to be the best version of myself and I'm going to leave you dumb bitches behind. That's, that's what I'm thinking. Can you stop yourself from reacting impulsively? Emotional secure people tend to be skilled at deliberately choosing their responses to difficult situations. And this way, they are, aren't usually reactive or impulsive in their relationships and can articulate themselves clearly even when they're angry or upset. I am very bad about that. And I will tell you, I'm working on it. I am telling you this is actually something I'm working on. I'm not just making up shit to be like, I am actually the, the most emotionally mature man for all time. Because, no, I act impulsively all the time. I don't, you can't get this fat unless you're impulsive. Like, okay. Like, I am, I get to a level where it's just like impulsive. You don't have fucking little jars of whiskey on your little podcast desk unless you have some impulse problems, you know? It's just, it's just, uh, at least, you know, I think I have, like, more impulse and, like, you know, just stuff like that. So it's nice to be like, I'm not addicted to anything. I'm just, I just like binging and impulsive and showing that. And on to our last one we got here. Do you trust that you'll be okay no matter what challenges come your way? 
Emotionally secure people know that life can be difficult and they have a general acceptance that they will deal with the hardship as it comes. They also have a deep sense of gratitude for what is important to them, which which helps them through the rough patches. Being emotionally secure not only boosts our mental health, but it gives us the confidence to try new things and express ourselves freely without a fear of rejection. The more secure we feel in our own skin, the more freedom we have to enjoy our lives while building meaningful, authentic relationships. Uh... And it does say the author of this article, Dr. Courtney S. Warren, PhD and a board-certified psychologist and author of a new book. Okay, so, like, we're obviously, she's qualified. Um, do I think I'll be okay? Um, I don't, I don't think I'll be okay. But However, I do feel like I can survive. I can survive it. That's my idea. Like, will I be able to handle it? No. Will I be able to survive it? Yes. That's how, at least that's how I feel, at least right now in, like, my life, you know? I'm just, you know, trying to figure shit out. But, uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good advice for you. I feel like all of you, I just want to give you all advice. Uh, life sucks, but you, um, can handle whatever comes your way. You just might need, like, a drink or a smoke or a zin nicotine pouch not patch patch and pouch are too close of words also zen we need to figure out a new word for you um but yeah anyways though i would say i'm pretty emotionally mature i would say i'm at least uh six point no i would say at least i'm a 7.5 out of 10 or 9 7.5 out of 9 the the ideal rating you know uh just just realizing that uh I am emotionally secure, and, uh... I identify as a fucking threat. Drizzly, the ultimate convenience for all your alcohol needs, delivered right to your doorstep. Tired of making last-minute trips to the liquor store or dealing with crowded aisles and long checkout lines? With Drizzly, your favorite drinks are just a few taps away, making your alcohol shopping experience easier and more enjoyable than ever before. Drizzly brings the liquor store to you, offering an extensive selection of beer, wine, spirits, and more. Browse their vast catalog of top quality brands, local favorites, and specialty beverages, all conveniently organized on their user-friendly app or website. With Drizzly, there's no need to leave the comfort of your home. Simply choose your favorite drinks, place your order, and let their reliable delivery partners handle the rest. Whether you're hosting a party, relaxing after a long day, or simply stocking up for the weekend, Drizzly ensures that you drink your drinks are delivered promptly and securely. But Drizzly isn't just about convenience, it's about choice. Discover new flavors, explore unique craft brews, or find the perfect bottle of wine to complement your meal. With Drizzly's vast selection, you have the freedom to choose exactly what you want when you want it. Worried about the hassle of age verification? Drizzly has you covered. Their delivery partners are trained to ensure responsible alcohol delivery, making sure that only those of legal drinking age receive their orders. Your safety and the safety of your community is their top priority. Join the millions of satisfied customers who have already embraced the convenience and simplicity of Drizzly. Say goodbye to the hassle of traditional alcohol shopping and hello to the ease of having your favorite drinks delivered to your doorstep. That's not all. Using our link in the description gives you $5 off your first order, which can greatly enhance your night, if you know what I'm saying. Uh... Ready to elevate your drinking experience? Download the Drizzly app or visit our website today and experience the future of alcohol shopping. Cheers to a new way of enjoying your favorite drinks with Drizzly. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Honey. 
your ultimate online shopping companion that saves you time and money effortlessly. Are you tired of endlessly searching for coupon codes or missing out on the best deals when shopping online? Say goodbye to those frustrations and hello to Honey, the free browser extension that revolutionizes your online shopping experience. Honey is your personal shopping assistant that automatically finds and applies the best coupon codes at checkout, helping you save money with just a few clicks. No more wasted time scouring the internet for discounts. Honey does the work for you, ensuring you never miss out on a great deal again. But Honey doesn't stop at coupon codes it goes the extra mile to ensure you get the best price possible. With Honey's innovative price history feature, you can track the price changes of your favorite products over time. This means you'll always know if you're getting the best deal or if it's better to wait for a price drop. And the best part, Honey works seamlessly with over 30,000 online retailers, including popular brands across fashion, tech, home goods, and more. Whether you're shopping for a new wardrobe, upgrading your electronics, or sprucing up your living space, Honey has your back, ensuring you get the best value for your money. Worried about privacy and security? Rest assured, Honey is committed to protecting your personal information. They never sell or share your data, and their browser extension is designed with top-notch security measures to keep your online shopping experience safe and secure. Join the millions of satisfied users like me who have already saved millions of dollars with Honey. Download the Honey browser extension today and unlock a world of savings every time you shop online. Don't miss out on an incredible deal and the chance to save money effortlessly. Experience the power of Honey and take your online shopping to a whole new level. Honey, the sweetest way to shop online. And remember, when you use our links, you directly support this show. Oh no! Our table! It is time for Oh No, Our Table, the part of the podcast where I just answer questions because it's Ask Sweezy too. So, uh... Let's just jump into it. Um, uh, first question we got. My new boyfriend left shit stains on my couch. Do I tell him? What? During an intimate moment on the couch, I noticed stains afterwards that seemed to be fecal smears where my partner had sat. I suspect it might be related to a recent medical procedure he had in the lack of bidet use in our country. I spent time cleaning it, debating whether to tell him. While part of me sees it as a funny story and a potential hygiene concern, I worry it could embarrass him. Uh, I'm torn between addressing it now or waiting to see if it happens again before mentioning it to him. I value our relationship and don't want this incident to cause unnecessary discomfort. So, just taking a look at your story here. So, like, my first reaction is, um, hey... Fellas, wipe your ass. Uh, it's not gay, okay, Josh Casey. It's not gay to wipe your ass, okay? Or even use a bidet, lack of bidet in my country. I'm like, are you I'm from America? Are you are you so do you hate the gay so much you're just like, I'll have a dirty asshole. because uh, I don't know, like my usual thing, like, can you not like I don't know, like the slightest bit, like there's like the you know, like you the little, you know, you clean your ass or whatever, but, like, the smallest little mark of poo is left behind. Like, you know, we all miss a spot. It's not uncommon to miss a spot, but when I miss a spot, like, my asshole just starts itching, and if I go fingers down into it, I'm going to be covered in poo because the reason why it itches is because of poo. So, you know, like... Like, your asshole itching 
because there's poo there is your sign that, like, I need to learn how to fucking clean myself, dude. Uh, you know? Um, I, I would say, I would say, let it happen a second. See if it happens a second time. Because, uh, you know, sometimes things happen on accident. But other times, uh, you're... The, your new boyfriend just doesn't wipe his ass, you know? Like, you have to figure that. You have to determine, is this, like, a medical... You know, you have to determine the situation of what's going on here. Is it, like, does he not know how to wipe his ass? Uh, you know, like you said, a recent medical procedure, you know? Like, if it's that, like, you gotta... If it's a, if it's something like that, fellas, and even fellas, if this happens... I'm, I'll talk to the fellas here. If you see some shit stains, you know, on your furniture, and you're in the girl who made said shit stains went through like a surgery or some shit that I don't know, you know, like you're gonna have to, you know, that's called baggage, and we're gonna have to deal, you have to deal with baggage. But, you know, if there's no medical issue and uh, he just doesn't know how to wipe his ass, my best advice would be to dump that fucking loser because natural selection is not doing its thing with humans. Uh, we're keeping everyone alive for some reason. And uh, people who don't like wiping their ass, who think wiping their ass is gay, deserve to die alone, okay? Because, because your asshole itches when there's poo there for a reason. And, you know, like, your body's doing everything it can do, you know? Unless unless he farted, you know? That's why when... And, you know, ladies, if you have one night stand with me, you'll figure this out, but... Uh, I always kind of try to have underwear on, not because I'm not, like, scared to be naked or whatever. It's because of shit like this is for that very reason. Ladies, I'm I'm sorry... I couldn't stay naked, but, however, I don't want to uh, get shit stains on your sheets. You know, I don't want to accidentally shart and just shit all over your bed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a gentleman. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? This is the type of guy you get. So, uh, be a little bit cooler than that, okay? I was rejected by my husband. Married for two years, five in total, my husband rarely drinks due to balance issues. At a party, pressured to drink whiskey, he reluctantly did and became heavily intoxicated. I helped him home, cared for him, then attempted to cuddle, but he suddenly rejected me, claiming he couldn't sleep with a married woman, not recognizing me as his wife. Feeling hurt and confused, I retreated to our bedroom. I'm not sure how to process this and seeking advice here as sharing with friends could cause more harm. Any... Has anyone experienced... Have you experienced anything like this? Uh, I've not experienced anything like this. Uh, if I get drunk, it's... It's I love you, man. Like, that's what happens. Like, I love you, man. Or I, I do podcasts. That's, that's usually what I do. Uh, but, you know, uh, um, there had to be some confusions. Like, I don't sleep with married women. But I don't get that. Uh, I think he... I think maybe... I, I'm just... I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here. I'm making a guess that he was trying to say, I know how to speak drunk, and I'm just making a guess that he was trying to say, it's like, I'm married, 
you, you, we can't sleep together, I'm married. I think that's what he was trying to say, because he probably thought you were someone else. Uh, he probably, yeah, he probably thought you were someone else at the time, and in his word confusion, you know, that's probably what he was trying to say, is like, I can't sleep with a married woman. I don't know, unless he does cheat on you, which I feel like two years, oh, five, you married two, five in total. I feel like, I don't know, if you, if you married for someone for five years, and like, you don't, you know, usually when a partner cheats, you know, something is off there at other places or weirdly on their phone and shit like that. Like just, you know, all you have to do is do the Google is like, is my partner cheating on me? And then like, you look at those and you're like, yeah, um, that's what I'm just going to give him, you know, as someone who speaks drunk, I think I can really tell you that he was probably trying to say, he's like, I'm married. I can't have sex with you. Uh, and stuff like that. So he's probably trying. I really, you know, I'm really trying to do. I don't know this guy either. So I'm not trying to like just fucking do anything like that. Also, he, re- yeah, that's the rejection. Um, but he also was drunk. So late. Here's here's the advice. I think drunk sex is overrated uh, because uh, for the fellas out there, it's hard to keep it up when you're drunk. And also, it's just I don't know. It's just like I don't know, when I'm drunk, like. Honestly, if in in my mind, it's like if you have a masturbation problem, like start drinking because then it'll <laughs> have one problem. Fix it with an even worse problem. You know, that's that's how the world works. You know, it's like we all have problems. We just gotta like figure out what problems we can have and be functional. You know, into like fucking society and shit like that. Um, I'm giving your husband the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I feel like he, if he was cheating, like. You know, I feel like there'd be a couple more signs. Like, it, you're mad because you, like, you wanted to fuck. And then he was like, no. And then, ladies, you know, that's how it feels, ladies, when you reject a man. It's the same feeling. No one likes being rejected, okay? So remember that. Remember, no one likes being rejected. And, you know, that's obviously, you know, I'm always trying to figure out, like, you know, like, you have to ask women out. So you have to shoot your shot. But and sometimes shooting your shot means you don't get the answer you want to. And then you're like, how do I move forward from here? And men have tried. And they're like, I'm going to kill her. <laughs> and that did not, that doesn't work, okay? Just because a woman rejects you doesn't mean you have the right to murder her, fellas, okay? I didn't think I'd have to say this this week, but apparently apparently that's that's this week. We're just be like, don't, don't murder people because they don't want to date you, you know? This man keeps giving me gifts and it makes me uncomfortable. Am I being paranoid? I'm a high school girl working as a cashier. A man in his 30s frequents my line, started giving me gifts, and I found my face and found my Facebook despite my limited personal information online. His behavior and the way he looks at me makes me uncomfortable. Given recent experiences of being hit on, I'm unsure if I'm being paranoid or if he had has bad intentions. What do you think? Um, his intentions, I don't know, I can't get really give a vi- get a vibe of this guy. I mean, like, minus what you've just kind of, like, told me, so. Um, I mean, like, bad intentions, I'm like, if he wants to fuck you, like, if you think that him wanting to fuck you is a bad intention, then it is. So I don't know what it is. But, it sounds like a guy, okay, so you're in high school, and a guy in his 30s keeps 
hitting on you and buying you gifts. Um, first question I do think you should, you know, I'm, I am curious to answer is, uh, does he know you're in high school? Because, you know, normal guys, you know, if you see someone you find attractive and they're like, I'm in high school, and you're like, nope, and they just, you know, that's how normal guys work. Um, so that is something I'm really curious about. Does he know you're in high school? Because if he knows you're in high school and he's continuing to do this, uh, you need, uh, to tell a manager, uh, to ban that guy because, uh, yeah, because the only reason men, I mean, there is like a woman in her prime, you know, I'm, we're not getting into that, but. Like, a real reason, like, a guy wants to, would date someone, like, very much under 17 years old or whatever, uh, is because they're a creep, you know, and they're weird, and, you know, they're probably into weird shit like that, you know, uh, so if he knows you're not, you know, if you know, make, make sure he knows you're in high school and stuff, you know, a normal guy will back off if he learns you're in high school, and you're like, I'm out, you know, like, that's what normal guys do. Um, you know, um, another thing would be, you know, if he gives you another gift, I'm like, okay, this has to be the last gift, Gregory. Uh, then you, did you say what, you didn't say his race. Okay. Just making sure <laughs> we're going to call him Gregory. Okay. I'm like, okay, Gregory. Um, thank you for the gift, but I don't think you should be giving me gifts anymore. Uh, I don't think it's appropriate. You know, and then, like, you know, you're going to have to talk to him. Because at work, because you can talk to him while you're at work. The scary part is when you're not at work. And he's like, oh, I'm waiting by your car, you know. And then, like, I don't know. Then, like, fucking guys like me have to walk her to her car. I'm like, I hope I don't have to defend her. I'm like, I'm hoping just me being here is enough, you know. Like, because if I have to defend her honor, I'm going to embarrass myself. <laughs> so we're not doing that. Um, yeah, I think you should... You know, you have to subtly let him know you're in high school. Uh, then after that, be just be like, "Hey, thank you for the these gifts, but um, I don't want your attention charged. But you got to stop. You got to, you know, you got to stop this. And we can just, you know, you can still come through my line and shit like that. You know, that'd be like a, setting up some a good boundary. You know, it's like, you know, he can still see you and pretend he's in love with you, and you know, too, and hopefully that." And then if it, you know, if it escalates from there, like, you're, you know, it's gonna, I mean, I'm sorry, ladies, but, uh, boys are horny, and they're, I, I, I genuinely think there are more men out there than women. It just, doesn't it feel, like, I feel like I'm competing so much more, like, you know, than I have to be. Like, I just feel like women can, like, women are like, oh, there's a man out there for me, but being like, I don't know if there's a woman out there for me, you know? Like, men say that, but, like, women don't say that, you know? Crazy shit. My girlfriend cheated on me at a wedding. Should I give her a second chance? My girlfriend attended a wedding in another state where, after drinking, she walked alone with a close friend of the bride and groom to an after party. He unexpectedly kissed her twice, and they briefly made out before she stopped him and left for the hotel. She confessed everything a few days later and was transparent. She admitted to naively and taking responsibility for her actions due to alcohol. I struggled to reconcile her immediate confession and remorse with the incident's gravity. Should I consider her a second chance? despite this um so i think 
I will say this, you know, just looking at it, the the transparency of her, what of what she did, in that she's just willing to tell you everything, is a very good sign in your situation. And honestly, you know, I, from knowing, having friends and who, in dating bitches, uh, I can tell you that, um, one, it doesn't look like you know this guy. So that's a good sign. He was probably just like, uh, he's just like, I'm single. Uh, I'm at a wedding. I'm going to fuck, you know, like that, you know, that's probably him. And you saw her and he didn't, she, he didn't know maybe, you know, stuff, shit like that, you know, stuff like that. Um, I think, you know, I don't think, I really do think you need a third party's perspective on this that will just give you the honest truth about what's going on. I think that's going to be good. Um, you know, just to verify her story, not don't be like, you're lying to me, but like, be like, I believe her, but I just want to verify her story. You know, you know, I was like, I want to believe her and I really do believe her. And, you know, I just think like, it's not that it's not like that. I don't trust you. It's just, you know, it's nice. You know, a, a third party, you know, being in there is a good idea. Um, and stuff like that. So I really think a third party's perspective and understanding the whole thing. And, you know, like, and the thing is, I think that assuming you don't know this guy, you know, making that assumption right here, uh, you know, he, he probably didn't know, you know, there's a lot of different things. Um, get a third party's, you know, perspective just to make sure, just to verify everyone, you know, the stories or whatever, or at least get something sim like close, you know, because whatever someone else's story is going to be, always, every story is going to be a little different, you know. That's how you justify, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in the Bible. Like, they're the same stories, but they're a little different. But, like, yeah, everyone's going to recollect a story a little bit differently, you know. So, um, the transparency she has is a good sign, you know, that she feels, I mean, at least she feels bad about it, you know. Um, and, you know, it, it's, in men have an easier, can easily take advantage of, like, have an easier time taking advantage of women, you know? Like, that's why you rarely hear about women taking advantage of men, you know? So, yeah, I would just say, maybe hear a third party's perspective, but overall, I would probably trust your girlfriends and lack of judgment and stuff like that, you know? Maybe, you know, sometimes you have to have a little probation period, and, you know, like, you know, uh... You know, be like, hey, this is a hard thing that we went through, and you know what? We got to work towards, you know, I don't know what we got to work towards, or whatever the fuck, you know. How our relationships work these days, I don't know. Why do these type of women use Bumble? So on Bumble, I'll get matches that won't start the conversation. They'll match, but won't send even a hey. So the 24 hours run out, and it doesn't go anywhere. I've even seen some women put on their profile, extend the timer so I know it's real. Any woman out there have a clue? It's not me. Okay. Um, I'm just going to give you uh, just a guy who thinks a lot, who overthinks. Um, probably what's happening and the reason why, I mean, I don't use dating apps anymore. I've only had like a handful of good experience, even like okay experiences on like, you know, Bumble and, you know. So like that, and if you don't know what Bumble is, basically Bumble's just a normal, like a dating app, but their idea with their dating app is that women make the first move over men, and 
part of it feels like the women don't understand that. Like, they're expecting the men to make the first move. But, like, how the app is set up, like, if you match with someone, like, if you're the man, you cannot send a message. Like, only she can send the first. And once she sends the first message, it goes through. And, uh, yeah, you, you see a lot of that shit. So, basically, kind of what happens, what really happens is women go to take a shit. They match with a bunch of guys. They see a guy they actually kind of want to date. They do. They don't. They just ignore it. You know, it's a numbers game. And, you know, it's like, these were people's lives. So, like, when you make people's lives like a number game, you know, as much as I've talked about, like, meeting goth women at Walmart, you know? Like, it's a numbers game. Uh it is a numbers game. When you when you get on when you hop on a dating app to try to find someone to date, it becomes a numbers game. And that's not that's not human interaction. That's not how humans are supposed to work. And so I'm not a big fan of dating apps. And you know, that's probably the situation you get in. You're like, you know, bitch, are you fucking stupid? Like, do you not understand uh that you're supposed to talk first? Like, that's what you think here, you know? It's always so fucking weird, you know, and shit like that. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I, you know, I, 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 I was always on them, but I went hard during COVID, and then it's just like I, I couldn't do it. I just can't do it anymore. Like those, I don't, even, I don't even think I have those apps on my phone. I don't have, I don't have Tinder, Bumble, or Hinge on my phone anymore. I think those are the only three I've really used. And uh, yeah, fuck them. That's why. What are millennials' biggest fears about the future? It's just, um, I think the only thing millennials really fear about the future is, like, we've, like, like, the earliest of us are born in the 80s, the latest of us are born in the late 90s, and so, like, the worst, I really feel like the worst has already happened, for at least our generation, so basically we're just, like, we're hoping things get better, but, like, we know they're getting worse. Like, we know the world is getting worse. And I think what millennials fear the most of is, like, will I have, you know, I'm not necessarily a job, but will I be able to have an income of any type, you know? Like, we're always worried about our income because, like, jobs don't pay enough. You know, you know, jobs don't pay enough. Like, they pay us barely enough to just get by, you know? And then, you know, stuff like that. So it's just like, oh, you know, just one price get price hike, you know, to to lose it. And they're like, we can't afford to give anyone any raises and, you know, and shit like that. So, you know, we're just like, I think we're all just working. We all just kind of are worried it's getting worse, you know. We're not worried, you know. Because it doesn't feel like the world is getting that much better. But, yeah, it's it's getting a whole hell of a lot worse, dude. Um. Don't know what to tell you, but yeah, that's what millennials' biggest fear is like. With the world getting worse, will we be able to keep up with how much worse the world is getting? That's what millennials' biggest fear is because, like, we know the world's getting worse, but we're all scared. Like, will I be able to make it through the world getting worse? You know, that's how millennial. That's that's the millennial fear of the future. You know. Will we able to survive how much worse it's going to get? You know, how much worse is it going to get before we're not going to be able to make it out of this shit? That's what it is. And our last question here, what was the first music recording you ever bought on your own? God damn it. You know, I think 
there, this is a loaded question for me. Uh, cool, I shook the whole desk. Uh, but here's how I'm gonna answer it. The first CD, I'll say the first CD because I don't know the first cassette tape I ever bought. I was a cassette tape guy. I was too old for vinyl. I was too young for vinyl. Uh, but I still collect it. But, like, you know, I was too young for it to be, like, a mainstream thing when I was a kid. Uh, it started with cassettes. Um, I don't remember buying a cassette, but I do remember getting No Strings Attached and Pop by NSYNC on, like, a, you know, like a copied cassette tape, you know? So I remember that. The first CD I ever bought... I wish I wish it was different, but it, it it is what it is, and it really you're you're gonna be like that make everyone's I'm gonna say it, and you're all gonna be like that makes sense. The first album, aka a CD I ever bought, it was uh, Baja Men's Who Let the Dogs Out, the whole fucking album, not just like a song. Like oh, you didn't buy the ones? No, I bought the whole goddamn album. Like the second track is like a weird version of The Lion Sleeps Tonight or some shit like that. Yeah, that's that proves or that's on the album somewhere. And that proves I actually did buy it. Um, the first album I ever... The, I always considered there's two albums. I was like, the albums I really got into. Uh, the album that was like, oh, I want to like, I wanna make music. I want to do this. You know, that the album, I would say Songs About Jane by Maroon 5. Uh, because, you know, they were all over VH1 MTV at the very end of those eras, you know, like... This love, uh, she will be loved, and then Sunday morning rain is falling, you know, like, that album's just fucking good, you know, Maroon 5 just started making shit after that, but that album is so fucking good, and I'm like, I listen to it, like, today, and I'm just like, albums, oh my god, those guys sold out. Um, that album, but I also feel like American Idiot by Green Day also really felt the same way i just think songs about jane jane came to me first you know but like i think green day you know i think that was green day were american idiot but that was the group that was like pick up a guitar you know maroon five was like you should make music green day was like pick up the goddamn guitar you know so that's what you know i think that's be bahaman Maroon 5, Green Day, the holy trinity of, of my life, you know, the, the, what I cut my teeth on, as some would say. And with that being said, we have finished yet another episode of Cancel Shweezy. Thank you so much for listening to The Lord's Trademark favorite podcast thank you so much social media is at the shweezy my music is under shweezy wherever you stream your music at uh we do have patreon we have cash app we have paypal all financial ways to say thank you for being a friend and thank thanking the show and supporting the show in any way possible but we also have free shit you can do if you're listening to the show like you're just listening to my voice go check out our youtube page we post highlights we post all this other shit there we want to make sure you're subscribed and seeing that shit as well and especially we kind of like highlight the segments you know and that way if you are like oh i want to i want to let them know this you don't have to reply to the whole episode you can just you know, find the highlight and respond to it, and then I can hear you, and I can, you know, take your criticism, and show you. you can even tell me I'm a, you, what, what was everyone, everyone's mad I'm cussing, and, you know, sometimes I don't see mean comments, I can't remember any, but, uh, yeah, that's the show today, thank you so much for checking out this show, 
Honk if you love butt drugs. Stay awesome. Believe it or not, Schweg isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. Thank you for tuning in to Cancel Shweezy, the Lord's trademark favorite podcast, and joining me on this incredible journey. I hope you've enjoyed the valuable insights and engaging discussion I brought to your ears. To ensure you never miss an episode, hit that subscribe button now. By subscribing, you'll receive automatic updates whenever we release new content, keeping you in the loop with the latest episodes and topics. Subscribing not only guarantees that you'll never miss a beat, but also helps support our show. Your subscription plays a crucial role in helping us continue to bring you high-quality content and maintain our podcast growth. So whether you're listening on your favorite podcast platform or watching our YouTube channel, take a moment to click that subscribe button. Join our community of passionate listeners and be part of the journey. Personally, I appreciate your support, and together, we can make this podcast even better. So don't wait any longer. Hit that subscribe button now and stay connected with us. Thank you for being part of our podcast family.